Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, your home for learning ways to attract more traffic to your website, generate more leads, convert more leads into customers, and build stronger relationships with your customers. And now, your hosts, Justin Johnson and Ken Franzen. Hey, 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 Neon Noise Nation. This is the Neon Noise Podcast, where we decode marketing and sales topics to help you grow your business. What's up, everyone? This is Justin Johnson, and with me, I have my co-host, Ken Franzen. How are you doing today, Ken? Today is a good day. All is well. Nice. How are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Today is a good day. Today is the opening of college football, just in case nobody knows that. Um, so I'm excited because my team's playing tonight. You do have something to watch. And I have to wait a couple days, but uh, I'm excited that there's good games on tonight. So, yeah. so good stuff. Be some fun. Good, good, fun good stuff. stuff. So. All right, let's get into this. I'm looking forward to hearing from our featured guest today. He is an expert when it comes to selling on Amazon. Today, we will be speaking with Steven Summers. He is the co-founder of Marketplace Superheroes, an informational product that teaches anyone how to start an international e-commerce business selling on Amazon. Steven has a unique strategy that he focuses on and teaches that is different from anything else out there. Most of his success selling on Amazon involves his method for product and market research. He has a goal to help 100,000 entrepreneurs create financial freedom using his system. Steven, it is good to have you on today. Welcome to Neon Noise. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And I gotta say, before we start, you're gonna have to teach me how to get this smooth, deep voice going on because I'm so impressed by the two of you guys. Holy crap, this is amazing. We invested in voice <laughs> lessons. They were, uh, weren't, weren't cheap, but... Uh, it, it it sounds like it's paid off. They were worth every cent, Ken. I tell you that now. Oh my god, good stuff. <laughs> hey, Stephen, uh, do me a favor, fill in the gaps on anything that I may have missed, and uh, share with us a little bit of uh, background. Sure, I will indeed. Well, first of all, I think it's important to mention that uh, myself and my business partner Robert Ricky, uh, we've grown Marketplace Superheroes, and I guess it's our strategy together that really we're going to talk about today, but. In terms of like, how did I get to this point? Really, you know, it goes back about eight years ago. I was in this situation where a lot of people were in where, you know, I was trying to figure out what to do when I grew, grew up, even though I, <laughs> I still haven't grown up yet. Uh, but anyway, I was in this situation where I was like early 20s working as a data processor for the government. And as you may have imagined, this is a very exciting job, just sitting there typing crap into a computer all day. And so, you know, <laughs> I... Yeah. And so I was researching online, you know, how to actually start a business because at the time I always said to myself, if I didn't make it in the music industry, which I was sort of doing part time at that time, I was going to do the, the, the business thing because I'd always been, a, I guess, an entrepreneur as a teenager and a kid, but never like had to feed myself from, from business, which is a whole different story, right? And so here I was, you know, this job. Uh, the band just ending uh, at that point in my in my life because you know I didn't make it music. You may have guessed that by now, and you know the the band ended, and I was like, "What do we do?" Because this thing that was supposed to be my life forever is no longer my life. And so I started googling around how to how to make money online, and you may have guessed the crap that I found was unbelievable. I found every scam under the sun when it came to. You know, I'm going to make money online by teaching you how to make money online. And then you teach people how to make money online. And we all make money together and all that. 
And so I know I just said to myself, this this isn't how you do it. Like surely there's a better way to actually build a business that I can be proud of, make money, and then you know in the future when I actually learn how to do something, maybe I can come back then and help other people figure it out because you know nowadays you know where we are at this point in time there's so much great information online so many great programs etc but like even when i was starting which is only eight years ago there was nothing you know i was just crap so anyway a long story short for you i figured out one day that you know i want to do physical products because i didn't have to be an expert in anything per se no one had to knew that it was me doing it uh, that was a big fear for me. What if people see me trying to be some expert, which I'm not. And so I just went on a journey then of how do you actually find products? How do you then sell those products online? And so again, that was another big rabbit hole. And it really ended one day when I just realized I'm 20, whatever, two years old. I know absolutely nothing about this. I've got to find somebody who actually does. And Luckily for me, then, when I asked the right question, you know, I got a better answer. And I found this guy, Robert, uh, who was doing this kind of stuff over in the U- well, in Ireland, which is technically in the UK, Northern Ireland is, which is a whole political debate, which I think we'll leave for today, guys. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> uh, you know, Robert sort of had me and he said, look, uh, come work with me for a week and I'll help you out because he was a, f- a friend of my aunt's at the time. So I went up there and I was just watching for the first time in my life, I saw real products in a real warehouse actually being sold, actually being sent out from a warehouse. And it kind of changed my life because I said, you know, now that I've seen this thing, I feel like I can really get behind it, you know? And so I quit my job and uh, I went out and I just started working with this guy and, uh, you know, basically became like an apprentice for nine months. And from then we just, I found a better way of running his company thanks to the reading I'd been doing and so sort of joined forces, started a new company, and we said what we're going to do is we're going to focus on selling 100% on Amazon because at the time, Robert was selling on both eBay and Amazon and a couple of other places. And we said, if we can just go global on Amazon and sell in multiple countries the same products, we can scale our business a lot faster than having to be stuck selling in just one country. And so that's what we did. We, we grew a multi-million dollar business doing that together and you know, now we're in this situation years later uh, where we're now helping other people do it on a global scale and not just on Amazon.com because, you know, we're in a globalized world now. And that's the beauty of something like Amazon. We get all the benefits of selling there, using their fulfillment services when we use their what they call fulfillment by Amazon, where they send our items out on our behalf and do our customer services. And it's just an awesome business to be in. So that's kind of a really quick story of how I got to where I am now. And hopefully it wasn't too long. No, it's perfect. So the products that you're selling, are the products that you're manufacturing yourselves or are they products other people manufacture that you're selling or reselling? Great question. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the types of products we would sell and our, our heroes, as we call them, would sell, they would be products that would we would say are pre-existing, but we get them manufactured. So what the hell does that mean? Well, in simple terms... Some factory in the world, be it in the Far East or be it in the US or whatever the case may be, they're already producing an item. And so what we do is then we create a better offer that's on Amazon. So we don't just sell an item on its own. We, we bundle that with, say, another item or whatever the case may be, or we increase the pack size, sell more than one in a pack. And then we put our own branding on top of that. So, you know, some people might call it white labeling. Some call it private labeling. 
And that's essentially what we're doing. And when it comes to the type of products we sell, people kind of laugh at us. We're very different to what everybody else says to do, right? And that's why we get you know extraordinary results because we do it a different way. And what we do is we focus on selling what we call best products. So that's boring, established, sustainable, and tangible. So boring products, we're dead serious when we say we sell boring products. Uh, give you an example of a boring product. It was one of our heroes came to us one day and he said, you know what, guys, I sell the pads that cover the feet of a washing machine, <laughs> which, you know, who the hell would think of that, right? Who would, who, sure. who would think of this? But at the end of the day, it solves a problem out there for a customer because people like the washing machines vibrating that's gone through the floor and people want to fix that problem, right? So essentially, that's a boring product. An established one means like it's been around for a long time, right? It's not like an iPhone cover where it's going to keep changing with the times and it's trendy and all that. And you, you really, it's very hard to keep up with it. We just keep established boring products. When we say sustainable, it means that they're going to continue to sell like an iPhone cover. I mean, geez, uh, the guys that had iPhone 3 covers, they're probably thrown into a dump somewhere now around the world. And so we don't want to be in that situation. So that's why we go up products that are going to be around for a long time. And then tangible, it, just simple terms. We only sell real physical items. We don't mess around like all these other guys do, like going on about, you know, putting digital bonuses with products and all this kind of crap. We keep it real simple. And uh, that's sort of our, our model of the types of products we sell. And we'll get into our, our, our business strategy as well on this call, because that's like really how we are very different to everybody else as well. That's to answer your question. So give me an example of a bundled product. Yeah, I guess it's more um, to consider an offer rather than just a product, right? Like I would say, if you think about, um, I'll try and give you a simple example. Like, so we used to sell years ago uh, TV stands and TV brackets. Now in different countries, they call them different things. Um, so a TV bracket, for anyone who's not sure, it basically means you can mount your TV on the wall. Simple. Now, what we used to do years ago, we don't sell them anymore because the kind of market's moved on now. But when we did sell them, what we did at the time was we said, well, what else are people like doing with this bracket? And we were sort of said, well, they're not doing a whole lot more than putting their TV on the wall. So then we said, well, if they put their TV on the wall, that means they have to have a TV, right? I mean, that would be a pretty <laughs> obvious thing to deduce. So we said, well, if they've got a TV, then why don't we give them a bonus, which is a TV screen cleaning kit as a bonus, right? So that would be an example of a way that we did years ago differentiate that offer. Now, since then, everyone did that, and that market's kind of moved on and changed. But the point is that, that, that would, that's what we mean by a tangible bonus with a product. In terms of a bundle, then, people do bundle items as well, which would be more like, let's just say you sell a Christmas-related sort of gift or whatever, you might bundle multiple different types of gifts you sell together into a big bundle. And that might be something that you sell to people who maybe want that particular problem solved. Uh, but for us, like we don't do too many bundles per se, but we do more like those physical bonuses. Understood. Okay, that makes sense. Now, a question that I get, we get a, we have, a lot of clients we built a lot of e-commerce websites for over the years and uh, most of these clients of ours have brick and mortar they also sell on the websites we built and they see amazon as this growing behemoth and particularly a couple of my clients have said i can't compete with them 
because there are people selling the very same products I sell online at my cost. How can I compete with that? So you look at this global marketplace, Amazon is growing faster than anything I can think of right now. How do you, how does one compete with so many competitors? Yeah, it's a good question. And again, I think it really depends on the type of product that you're selling, of course. So let's say as an example, because uh, retailers, right? Retailers can be really dumb a lot of times, so they can be really smart at other times. And I think the problem with retailers, especially if they're resellers, just to get the kind of, I guess, exactly what we're talking about, a reseller being somebody who buys a pre-existing brand, puts it in stock in their retail store and sells it in their retail store versus what we're doing, which is private labeling, meaning we find a product, we find demand for a product rather, uh, we create a better offer than what than what's already out there, and then we get that product and scale it globally. Uh, so they're the two differences. Now, when we take a reseller, well, sure, Amazon are killing resellers every single day because Amazon will actually buy products into stock in massive quantities when they're buying from a pre-existing bigger brand, let's say a Black & Decker or someone like that, huge company. And the problem retailers for many years has been is that they don't want to actually buy enough products to keep them in stock to actually sell them. Therefore, you know, people come into the store, stuff isn't there, they're going to order it, all that jazz. So Amazon have come along, have really taken those people out because they've been able to negotiate better supplier relationships and better deals for themselves, better credit terms, etc., which really has made it difficult for a retailer, a retailer who's a reseller to compete. Now, when we take the private label side of things, like what we're talking about, the core thing that really changes the game for our, for our heroes is that we don't consider ourselves sellers per se. We consider ourselves investors. And so what we do is we look at the market and we say to ourselves, well, what products can, where's their demand right now for products where the supply is poor, there's a gap in the market and there's an opportunity for me to come in and create one or more offers to better, uh, better supply and better satisfy the demand in that market. Now, that's very different to what a lot of people are, are doing with e-commerce now uh, with Amazon. And what they're doing is they're saying, for example, yeah, I, I basically love yoga, so I want to start a yoga brand and I want to use Amazon as a distribution hub. And so what happens in that situation is then, well, if you start, if you start with the brand and you start with the product, then you're saying, well, where can I find customers for my product? And then you really fit yourself into a situation where a lot of people, they're going to do a similar thing because they perceive a yoga brand to be very popular and, and there's so much demand out there. Therefore, I'm going to do my own one and I'm going to differentiate based on the product. I'm going to make the product better quality, uh, better branding or whatever the case may be. Whereas we look at it, we, we would not sell something like that because we would have already looked at that, that market for for yoga products, and we would say that's way too competitive. It's very hard for us to differentiate ourselves. And they, they really, the market is way too saturated. Well, not saturated, that's unfair. Just too big for us to come in. And if we were going to come in there, we would have to be buying so much traffic and pushing so much traffic to our listings. It would just be so hard for us to, to succeed. And so we're looking for very simple products that sell small quantities every day. And so I mentioned earlier on about our business strategy, which I'll explain now because I think it'll answer your question in more detail again. 
And so what we do is we've got something called a rule of five. And that's how we think about our businesses. Now, what, what that means is with a rule of five, you can have five simple, boring physical products like we talked about. And I say boring with love. Uh, so five simple products, you sell them in five countries on Amazon. And again, people panic here. It's, it's a lot simpler. And we can mention a little bit more about that today. Five Amazon countries. We make five sales per day per product per country at an average net profit of $5. So when we take that over a 30-day period, you're looking at a small business there that's producing $18,750 per month in net profit or $225,000 over a 12-month period of time. Now, before anybody asks, no, a product doesn't have to just make $5. It is simply to show you what we mean by multiple countries with small small profits at small amount of products in multiple countries. And so what's the point I'm making here? Well, the point is when we start with the demand, when we know we're going to have to sell multiple products in multiple countries, we don't need to sell hundreds of them a day to make a lifestyle business. Now, if you, on the other hand, were thinking to yourself, well, I want to build a big brand and I want to really like go out there and invest a lot of money manufacturing something that's you know totally unique, is my own design, all of that, I would suggest to that person, that's a very different business to what we're teaching our people to do. We're basically saying there are millions of people on these marketplaces. There is so much demand for so many different products on here. You've got to go out there, find those products, find the demand, and scale them across multiple countries. So I, I hope I've explained the distinction well enough there for you, Ken. No, that's... That's awesome. I love your math there just to show that because I think when people think about selling online, they think of these gigantic numbers, these yeah. these volumes that are beyond uh, recognition. And and so one thing that pops in my brain, though, is is mm -hmm. selling to other countries. Oh, yes. You know, we're, we're you, you, there's language barriers, mm -hmm. uh, things along those lines. How does Amazon help you do that? Yeah, it's it's great. So I'll take Europe to begin with, because that's really going to show you how simple it is nowadays. So a lot of people in the US, especially because we have tons of US clients, um, thousands actually at this point. And so we know people from the US very well. We speak there all the time. We understand the culture of the US. And we love the culture, by the way. It's an amazing country. And I guess the thing about people from the US is they would sort of look at online. They kind of say to themselves like, well, the U.S. is huge, right? And so I can just dominate in a state and I can build a multi, multi, multi-million dollar business. But, you know, when it comes to these online marketplaces, really you got to imagine Amazon as a big shopping mall. And, you know, if you think of, of different shopping, different shops that are in shopping malls, like global brands, they're not just going to locate in, say, one state in the U.S. They're going to locate across the U.S. and across the world, you know, these bigger brands. And the thing Amazon does for us is it gives us the ability to be in multiple countries in these shopping malls without having to build all this infrastructure ourselves. So in Europe, we've got something called the EFN, which is the European Fulfillment Network. And what the EFN really is, it, it's, it really changes the game for business because it allows you as an Amazon merchant to store your products in one country and then what it allows you to do is activate your listings in multiple countries. So 
you get a listing done or get it written up, you translate that listing into the, you know, uh, Italian, Spanish, German, French, uh, German and French. So then you actually, once you do that, you literally can sell in all those five countries with your stock sitting all in, say, the UK, for example. So the beauty of this now is all of a sudden you instantly have the ability to sell to all those five countries as well as the surrounding countries. So let's say in Germany, you'd have an Austrian person would be on Amazon.de. They'd be looking there for a product because they would buy from the .de site because there's no Austrian site for Amazon. Like in Ireland here, you know, we're a tiny country, so we would buy it from Amazon.co.uk. So you as the merchant then, you just get your products, you order them from your supplier, you put them into stock on Amazon, they hold them in stock in, let's just say, the UK, and then as you make a sale in Germany, France, Italy, Spain, well, Amazon will pick that up and they'll ship that out to each of those customers on your behalf from the UK. You pay a slight little surcharge, it's not very much. And now you're you're selling in all these different countries. So in the US right now, in North America, I should say really, you can have an Amazon account where you have Canada in there as well as Mexico in there. But the problem is, it's not really a big deal, but it's, it is an issue, is that Amazon still haven't had, they haven't really tied it up as well as Europe just yet because the, 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 the area is so much bigger and you don't have what we have in Europe, like you know things like the EU and stuff like that. And I'm already sensing you're going to ask me a Brexit question, so I'll come to that shortly, don't worry. And so anyway, <laughs> uh, in, in, if you're selling in, say, US, Canada, Mexico, you've got to ship your products to each of those different countries right now despite the fact you can manage all those countries under one roof, if you want to call it that. So in Europe right now, what, what we have is we have the EFN, and we also have this, this account, this unified European account. And all that really means in really simple terms to people who are on Amazon, even if you're not, you'll, you'll totally get it, is if you can just imagine you log into an Amazon seller account and you have a drop-down menu, you can see multiple countries in the drop-downs. So all you do is you would click like Amazon.de, that brings you into your German account. And now that is managed independently of the other countries, but it's all under one roof. So it's very easy to, to manage. And like I say, the EFN is a game changer. Now, to those who are maybe more advanced, who may be listening to this show, you've got something called MCI, which means multi-country inventory. And that's for someone who's more advanced. You know, you're, you want to send products to, say, just Germany, just France, etc. And you'd only really do that when you hit a certain sales level uh but i don't i don't really want to get into that too much because we're going to get into taxation and stuff and that could that could that that could be a rabbit hole we just don't want to go <laughs> we don't want to go them sure. the, the good news though for everybody listening who wants to learn more about that is uh, we've got a a new site that we're creating with these other guys which will have free information on there for everybody there's nothing it's not like a salesy thing or anything it'll be malute.com that's m-u-l-o-o-t.com You'll be able to go there in the future. There's not much there right now, but you'll be able to go there and learn basically how all this stuff works. And the reason we can teach you that, uh, just so you know, so we're totally transparent, is we'll be giving, say, uh, people who live in the U.S. who want to trade in Europe, that company, the sole purpose of that company is to make that very easy, whereby we can get you a payments account in Europe. We can do your accounting for you, all that kind of stuff. Because that's like a challenge right now, guys, that, that, you know, people... Are experiencing which is well if i'm from the us let's just say i'm doing really well on amazon.com i want to sell in europe the problem right now is that you would have to fly to europe get a bank account set up do all that kind of stuff 
this company that we've are creating or have created, uh, you don't have to do that. You can just you can still be in the US and we can set up your payments account and all that kind of stuff for you in the UK without you having to fly there. So I guess Ken, I should probably talk about Brexit now, should I? Because <laughs> that's what I'm, sure. I, I'm assuming that's you what I'm <laughs> <laughs> So so to answer your question that's in your head that I'm reading from you, a lot of people then say, guys, look, this sounds great. Uh, I, I get it. But what about Brexit? Because that's the fear, right? And so to answer that, I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one, originally Brexit wasn't supposed to happen until 2019, but recently they've just agreed it's not going to happen for at least another four years after that. They're going to stay in what they call the customs union for another four years. But I'd, for anyone's listening, like I, I, would, I really wouldn't worry about it when it comes to Amazon sales. Reason being, Amazon are actually building more warehouses right now in the UK, which tells you one thing. But also, you know, the, the, the reality of, you know, the, the basically someone saying, oh, you're in the UK, you're selling something to Germany, and there being these massive fees and massive everything is highly unlikely. Because if you think about it, when you sell a product, say, <laughs> somewhere in Norway or somewhere like that, there's no real big deal. You just basically ship it to them and that's it. You know, so I don't believe that Brexit's going to have a huge impact on these types of e-commerce sales um, because of the way, because because what we're talking about, these are online sales. They're not like these offline traditional companies. That's really what Brexit's going to impact a lot more. And even if there was some sort of weird levy, all you do is move your stock to say Germany and fulfill from Germany. So it's not a big deal, and I don't foresee it being a big issue in the future, really, for Amazon sellers. Okay. So there you Reassuring, go. then. Yeah, I mean, Very I, good. look, I, absolutely. I think people, like, whenever times change, people get terrified, but the reality is that it's not going to be a big deal for, e- for e-commerce merchants, I don't believe. Right, and you know, we have a hard time keeping track of what we're doing over here in the U.S., so that's, <laughs> you know, when you're talking about this uh expanding to a global marketplace you know they, they it's it's always yeah you, you bite your nails a little bit when you look at uh sure. housing inventory in a foreign country and what political changes there have the you know what impacts those are going to have on yeah your investment so yeah but I, I guess the good news is that you know really it's it's a lot simpler than i guess people people are from the u.s like when you don't understand something i totally get it but i mean for us we actually went the other way we expanded into the U.S. from Europe, and yeah, we had a lot of sort of you know questions: how does this work? How does that work, etc. But I guess for us, you know, the good the good thing for everybody nowadays is that we've built these services to make it really, really easy uh, with these things we're doing. So you know, the the good news is you will not have the problems that I guess other people may have had in the past. So let's jump over to marketplace superheroes. Tell us more about what it is that because you explained the, the general process of amazon and selling products bundling things tell me more about marketplace superheroes what do you do and how do you help others sure so uh marketplace superheroes really we, we do a lot of different things for different types of clients but our core program is what we call the marketplace superheroes core system and so really what that does is it teaches Anybody who wants to learn our unique method of starting and scaling a global Amazon business, how to how to do it, how to find the pro, how to find the demand on the products, how to find suppliers, 
had to deal with the importing process right the way through to, well, how do I actually expand into multiple countries now? And, you know, there's a lot of different people out there teaching this kind of stuff. But, you know, the truth is, unfortunately, is that the reason we started this whole thing was we were just sick and tired of watching people not teaching critical business processes that you must know. For example, when you're calculating profitability, you've really got to know your numbers and you've got to understand how to calculate profit. And amazingly, like most of these other programs, they don't like take into consideration how heavy a product is, how big a product is in terms of the size of it. And that this just blew our mind. We're like, how, how can this be? And the reason for it was that most of these programs were built by marketers who saw an opportunity to sell a, a program to somebody and really, like Robert, my business partner in Marketplace, like he's the guy that taught me to do this originally. And, you know, he's not a marketer. He is a seller and has always been a trader for 20 years. So we're very different in that we're painfully focused on the numbers because we always say, you know, whenever you're selling an item, there's two key numbers to think about. Number one is what we call your profit on investment which loosely could be termed your return on investment. And then you've got what we call it, your profit on your return, which, which I'll describe. So a profit on investment is very simple. What is my percentage profit on my original investment? So we would look for a product that does 100% profit on investment, meaning you double the value of your original investment, right? So the second number then is just really the same kind of number. It's just expressed as a percentage of your sales. So in real simple terms, you sell something for 20 bucks. If your POR is 30%, that means you've made $6 net profit on the item, okay? So when we think of that, you know, we think of those two, two figures now, and I'm not going to get into the calculations of them because that really will put some people to sleep. Uh, I guess the, the <laughs> important thing to, to remember is that you got to know these numbers because with your POR, that second number, like that means you can look at your revenue per month and you can really quickly sort of get a snapshot of your rough net profit that month. So if you did 100 grand, you know you've made roughly 30 grand net profit. And okay, it may not be exactly 30, maybe more, maybe a little bit less. But the point is, you've got a ballpark. And unfortunately, like a lot of these other programs, they don't really focus on this stuff. So they just kind of say, get a product and just market it. And just like pump, pump, pump. And sure, you'll make some sales and all will be well. And what happens is that we find a lot of people have just turned like a lot of money into more money. In other words, uh, no, no more money, just, just the same money back out again because they a they don't know their profitability and b a lot of times they're pumping so much effort into one product because they believe they want to build this huge brand that they really don't make a whole lot of profit. And the problem is that whenever you're trading on Amazon, you don't have access to that customer list like they're not your customers therefore if you pay to acquire somebody outside of amazon on top of what you're already paying it's pretty inefficient really because you can't remarket to those people like you know well you can break amazon's tos which a lot of people do and have been kicked off but the point is that it's a different business to what we're teaching our guys to do our whole model is just predicated on focus on amazon expand your business on Amazon, take advantage of the millions of people on there, use Amazon's advertising platform, okay, to get some, you know, some 
competitive advantage to get yourself in front of your competition, create a better offer, etc. But we're never really focused on building a worldwide big brand, which means we can end up selling all different types of products. You know, we could be selling a, a shoe box and we could also be selling, you know, a TV bracket at the same time, which people outside of our community can't get their head around because in my opinion, they're trying to build a brand, but they're building it on Amazon, which makes no sense to me. You would be much better building your brand on your own website, putting your own paid traffic behind that, and then using Amazon as just a distribution channel rather than your main source of, of business. Does that make sense? It does. It, it definitely does. So speak to me a little bit about the marketing side of things. What areas do you teach your students to focus on if you're looking at justin and i came together and said all right steven we are ready to get started and you take us through your process where you educate us on all the the tips and tricks we need to understand the all the lessons you've taken and experiences you've had that you know we're basically buying the shortcut route there right You're, you're teaching us exactly what we need to know and we get down to the nitty gritty of we have product. Um, first, let me sidecar. What depending on the product, how much how much of a product do I need to house or invest in for inventory? Would you recommend if I'm just getting started? Yeah, so I'll back up a second and kind of answer. I think the question you're you're going at, and it'll answer the second one too. So we have a process for finding products that we call the 4S product gauntlet. Now I'll describe it, but it won't mean a whole lot unless you're actually in looking at all this happening, but I'll just high level so people can understand what we're doing. We we call it the 4S product gauntlet, therefore there are four S's, very original. So within the 4S you have uh, the first stage, what we call search. So what we do is there, we go to an Amazon category, let's say like home and kitchen or whatever, kitchen and home, and we start looking at that category, we look at the best sellers in the category. Now. We never find products, generally speaking, in the top 100 best sellers because they're usually too competitive. But we start there because we got we got to start somewhere. And also, we just want to see what's happening in this market. Because at the end of the day, if you go into one of these markets, like, like I was when I started, I had no clue what would sell online. I was like thinking about the most, <laughs> the most obvious things that everybody thinks about because I didn't understand our core principle in Marketplace Superheroes, which is... We fulfill demand, we don't create demand. So anyway, we we basically start there and we go through all those products and we start saying to ourselves, okay, what can I sell? In other words, what are products that aren't like, you know, prohibited for me to sell, that aren't chemical or chemical related, that don't have sharp edges, blah, blah, blah. We have a whole 15 different criteria we, we use there. So we do that first and we make a big list of products, basically. We, we have a software tool we built as well, but we do it all inside there. But anyway, let's keep going. So we start there. We get a big search list together. Then we go to the next stage. We say, well, now I've got to start asking myself, logically, what should I sell? And so that's based on six different criteria in that stage, which really relate to stuff like how good the listing is, like how good a job has the seller done on the listing itself? What's the competition look like? How big is the market? We've got something we call our, our, our map process, which is our market analysis process. So that basically just tells us, look, how big is this market? Is there room in the market for me? So we look at how many listings are out there. We look at how big a, a basically a category is. And we're able to determine, yeah, there's room. No, there's no room. And the listing is too good. Forget it sort of thing. So 
we basically rank in each of these six criteria. It's really simple with the tool. It's a lot more difficult than to describe it. Uh, we go to the third stage then where we say, look, first of all, I say, can I sell it? It's past that. I've got the second stage. I've seen, yes, I should sell it. And then the third stage is, okay, well, what's the profit in it? So we go to the third stage, which is what we call select. So at this point, we're going to suppliers on Alibaba or wherever we want to begin, be it a trade show, maybe in China. Some people go there as well. Uh, somewhere where there's suppliers. So we know the product we're looking for rather than allowing the product to pick us. Then we basically ascertain uh, what's the cost price. We put it through our software, Umbrella C, based on the size, the weight of the product, the cost price of the product, really get a good feel for what the profit on investment and profit on return are, those two uh, numbers I talked about earlier. So we're looking to see, are we at least doubling our investment? And we should be when you're bringing something in from the likes of the Far East because it takes a long time to get into stock for one. And, you know, it's it, it's it's time and it's obviously money down. Uh, therefore, you've got to make sure you're at least doubling your investment. A lot of people I've seen out there, they far less than double their investment and then they put advertising at it, etc. And before you know it, they're making no profit or maybe even losing money because they're not doing their mathematics properly. So then finally, with the last stage, which is really, look, can I afford it? What's my budget look like? Etc. So that's like a high level of what we're doing in our in our 4S. And we're again looking for products that you know can sell us a small quantity a day in multiple countries. We're not looking for something what we call a home run product, which most other people are obsessed with. But you can never predict a home run product. It's just very hard to do. We've got many products that do and have sold you know hundreds a day, certainly a hundred a day. But we didn't kind of start out with the intention of. This is going to sell 100 a day, you know. So that's our process. Um, now I can't remember the second part of your question. <laughs> I was oh, just asking about the marketing. Yeah, right. Perfect. So when we do this, this four-stage process and we go through all the steps involved, we're really in a stage where we have a market where, okay, there will be some supply. But to be honest, the supply that's out there is going to be kind of poor. And so when we do that, then we can improve the offer. Therefore, because we've spent so much time on the marketing, or sorry, on the on the research, the marketing is a lot simpler. Because as you know, I think Peter Drucker said, the whole purpose of marketing is to make selling superfluous. And in our case, the whole point of research is to make marketing a lot less like important than it would be if we were in a highly competitive category, a highly competitive product. So a lot of our products, like your our, our friend who's doing the feed for washing machines. He's not making 100 sales of that thing a day. He's selling that in multiple countries. And he doesn't have to do the world's most incredible, mind-blown listing because he's fulfilling very simple demand with a better offer. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Good. Good. Now, earlier, you touched on a couple different scenarios. You said, and, and I just want some clarity here because mm-hmm. uh, maybe I, I'm the only one that um, is, is questioning uh this but you said amazon doesn't allow you to capture your customers information right in that you had the other opposite scenario where you create your own website and market traffic to that website and then use amazon as the distribution channels yes yes so when you sell something on Amazon, basically 
that's still Amazon's customer at the end of the day. Like you're on their platform, you're paying a commission, usually about 15% of your sales price to sell your product there. And you're getting access to millions of customers, basically. And so the thing there is that we're very aware and, our, and the people in our community are very aware of what we're doing. We're, we're leveraging the power of marketplaces to grow a lifestyle-based business. We're not, on the other hand, like saying Amazon is is my business, uh, as in like it's my only source of business for this big brand I'm trying to build. And I'm going to get people from Amazon to come back to my website. I'm going to capture them there. And then I'm going to try and upsell and ascend a relationship with them back on my website. Like that's not what we're doing. And it's against Amazon's terms of service, as you'd expect, because they don't want you pulling people off their site and bringing them back to your own site. So in very simple terms, we're using and leveraging the millions of customers that are on there and continue to be on there to sell products uh, to fulfill demand. And that's really the key difference. And I, as I say, you know, if you want to build a big brand and, and you want to really, you know, be in a very tight range of products, my thing to you would be if you start with the product rather than the way we do it, you're really going to be a lot better served building uh, your own store or your own funnels and using the same traffic you were going to use to point your Amazon listing, use that to point back to your website. Now, we don't do that in Marketplace Superheroes because that's not our business strategy or our business model. But obviously, you know, we do do it in other businesses we're involved in, et cetera, like Marketplace Superheroes. So we totally understand buying traffic and all that. We buy tons of traffic. But for our heroes in Marketplace Superheroes, that is not the strategy that we're utilizing. And we're very clear about that. Whereas a lot of other people, they're not so clear. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can sell on Amazon. Also, you can do this big Facebook strategy, et cetera. But what they don't tell you is that, well, what if your product's not a purchase that someone's going to buy more than once? Like You could be in a situation where you're acquiring that customer at break even on, say, Facebook. And now what do you do? Like, well, you got to sell them something else. So you've got to get involved now in another range of products that they may or may not buy to make the profit. So we tend to focus on the front end profit by leveraging Amazon's inbuilt traffic. The only paid advertising we do is we use Amazon's pay per click advertising on their website because A, it's very inexpensive and B, it's a nice way to get in front of the people we're already trying to get in front of. And yes, we're paying a little more than the commission we already pay them, but in the grand scheme of things, it can be worth it because it can allow us to get in front of people more efficiently. Very cool. Definitely different approach that I thought before we begin this conversation, you're going to tell me about. So I like the idea there where you, where you, you go back just a couple comments ago where you have a product that doesn't need to be jazzed up and it makes the marketing that much more simplistic. And so through the research and identifying um, these best products using your 4S product gauntlet, um, hey, <laughs> it's my job. And, and so with, with that, uh, it almost eliminates all the uh, complexities that marketers face every day, right? Yeah, yeah, because again, like we're looking at ourselves as investors, you know, that's that's our core, our core focus here. We're we're looking to take an amount of money, and we're looking to at least double that amount of money inside, you know, not at six to twelve months. 
So like that, now obviously as your business grows, what what's going to happen is, and this is a more advanced thing, but I'll just mention it briefly. <laughs> your your turn time is going to decrease. In other words, the amount of time it takes you to sell out your product is going to decrease as your velocity on Amazon increases. Which really a lot of people ask. So how do I get my product selling better? We always tell people, look, if you've done your research, you've optimized your product, you're doing some PPC. Generally, it's just a matter of time on Amazon. It takes time to get into their system. It takes time to get your first sales. It takes time to start ranking better in the Amazon system. And what's happened is people become so obsessed with uh, manipulating these rankings, has happened for a long time, is now against POS. People, uh, from service, people have tried to manipulate these rankings for a long time. And Amazon have become very wise to that. And you know, we've spoken to Amazon a number of times, and they're always amazed with all these things people are doing. And they're like, why don't people realize there's millions of customers here and the likelihood is it needs a bit of time and you just need more products. So we actually just, we're getting a new t-shirt done for our heroes, which they're all very excited about getting. And basically it just says on it, you need more products because that's what you do. You need more products. You need to give it more time. You need to take, take time. And, you know, as we always tell our heroes, like you don't want a product that's going to sell a hundred every day from day one. Because if you think about it, if you were selling a hundred a day, and let's say you're doing that every day. That's 3,000 sales a month. Now, if you want to keep yourself in stock, you're going to want to have three months rolling stock at all times to make sure you stay in stock. Therefore, you want 9,000 uh, items ready to go. And if your cost price is $5, let's just call it $5 all in, landed, etc. That's $45,000 you need for that one item. Now, you can work up to that over time, but you wouldn't want to start there, especially if you were, you know, in a situation where you weren't like flush with cash. And, you know, that's why we tell people with an Amazon based business like what we do, you're better starting small, scaling up with multiple products and letting your business organically grow, albeit with a little bit of PPC and just keep adding to your products. Because like if you have a small number of products, you make a small number of sales that accumulates quickly when you're making the adequate amount of profit. So your average student, how many products would they have in their portfolio? Yeah, I guess our average student now, uh, like our, we've got, like we've got someone now who I'll be honest, like they, they were already trading before they came to us. They came to us to learn how to expand globally. The guy was doing 55 million a year on Amazon in the U S which was insane. I've never met anybody who's doing this kind of business in my life. Uh, and, uh, you know, this guy is now trading in the UK and Europe. And, you know, he's already doing multiple millions now with that sort of a business. Uh, but, you know, most of our students, they, they do, they're much, much smaller than that. They might be selling, you know, seven, ten products in the first sort of six months or so. And then, you know, the idea is to try and scale up to, well, as many products as possible. But, you know, a lot of our students, their goal within sort of 24 to 36 months is to be selling, you know, 20, 25 products at a time. And again, like we've got people selling 200 products and all that jazz. So it's hard to say like the perfect amount because it would depend as well on like A, what's your cost price of your product and B, like how much profit do you make on an item? Uh, so it's, it's hard to say. But again, a lot of our students, I guess they want to get to maybe anywhere from 10 to 25 different products. Let's just say making that $5 or so within that sort of 24 month period of time. But that, you know, that's relatively aggressive because we would tell people like to get a product going, you want at least a thousand dollars, but you really want more like three grand when you're starting your business to get going. 
But I guess, like, even at that, we start, we've started to change a lot of how we speak to our, our heroes because, you know, one of my my heroes in business, someone you guys probably have heard of, a U.S. guy, guy called, well, Michael Masterson is his book name, but Mark Ford's his real name. I uh, wrote some great books like Ready, Fire, Aim and stuff like that. And he runs a website, I think it's called the Palm Beach Newsletter. And I read this a few years back and it really hit me. He was talking about, you know, great businesses you can start for less than $25,000. And I think that for us, we often say to ourselves, you know, two two things we say. Number one, we have something called the coffee shop reality, which is if you're in any other business, you're starting a coffee shop, say, well, you guys are in like different parts of the US. But on average, right, you probably agree with me, a coffee shop would cost at least 50000 if not more, to start a coffee shop in a relatively small town, right? Do you guys agree? Sure. So absolutely. Yeah. So why are we in this situation then when we have an online business, be it an Amazon based business, be it even an expert based business where you're selling information based products? Why don't we try to start them like 500 bucks? <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense because these are businesses. So we're sort of looking at that and we're redefining the this as a business now. And we're saying, listen, this has like been in a huge shopping mall with phenomenally targeted customers. And if you were in a shopping mall, like to even start a store in a shopping mall is going to cost you at least 50, not 100 grand, if not a lot more than that, just to get going. If you're starting a franchise, I mean, geez, it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands. So I guess the point where I'm making now is I'm we're changing the conversation and we're saying to people, look, yeah, you can start from one to three grand. It's going to take you time, though, to build up to the level where you're producing, you know, five, 10, 15,000 bucks a month in net profit. So we're looking at saying, why not start with, you know, 10,000 bucks and okay, you don't have to invest it all from day one, but you learn the process and then you look at yourself as an investor and you say, well, if I'm making a hundred percent profit on investment, if I can turn 10 grand into 20 grand inside a year, how many other investments can do that where you have relative control? I mean, not very many, right? At, at all. Sure. So, so we're really changing the game and looking to discuss this more in a case of, you're, you're buying online assets that produce money for you and increase your return on investment as an investor rather than just being uh, like a retailer. So we see ourselves more like investors. Very interesting. And, and I like that approach um, looking at it from because a lot of people do approach an online business and they say, well, I, I want to put as little possible into this, but I still want the maximum return. Right. Exactly. And your analogy spot on with, with that as far as the coffee shop goes. One question I'm popping in my brain because, you know, before Amazon, there was eBay. And that's say eBay's gone. eBay's still very much there. Have you ever considered selling on eBay or any other platforms? I know that it's best to, you know, dominate one particular area. and then. But have you moved on to any other platforms or do you recommend that to any of your students? Yes, uh, we have. And in the past, as a matter of fact, whenever I first met Robert, you know, his business was bigger on eBay than on Amazon. Uh, but, but Amazon has just sort of become uh, a behemoth, I think you said earlier on, which I think is a very, is a good phrase for, for where they're at now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, why not? Because we talk about the rule of five and okay, like maybe we don't get a rule of 10, but geez, we certainly get a rule of more than five when we start to sell on more than one platform. The only challenge really with, Places like eBay, etc., is 
you've got to start providing customer support yourself. Whereas on Amazon, when we use their fulfillment capabilities, they do all the inbound customer services for us in multiple languages as well. To answer your earlier question of like language barriers. Sure. Uh, so language barriers is not really an issue on Amazon, which is great. Uh, so that changes a little bit, though, when you start going out to places like eBay, because, yeah, many of our, our heroes actually do trade on multiple uh, different marketplaces, including eBay, and in different con- countries as well, in different languages. But the only challenge really for them is when they have to provide customer support, they can use Google Translate, and it's fine, and there's no problem. But you actually have to provide the support. And, you know, for myself, like, I mean, when I started this business with Robert, I have tons of experience with eBay. And the challenge with eBay is that, like, you just get a lot of customer support because people, as, as Robert once said to me when I started, which was so funny, he said, you know, the truth is whenever somebody orders a product online, it's already late. <laughs> you know, from the minute <laughs> it press order, it's just late. It hasn't arrived yet. And so eBay customers are particularly crazy like that. They're, they're very, uh, they have a lot of demands, you know. Now, Amazon is good. If you if you fulfill your order from Amazon, because you can track even a, a small item through Amazon. Whereas for us at the time, we did a lot of our own fulfillment when I first started to a lot of eBay customers. And the problem was that you were, you know, you were ans- you had people saying, "Where's my item?" A small item at the time we we would have sold. And honestly, I would have said, "I don't have any tracking, therefore it should be with you in a day or so." We'll come back if it doesn't arrive. And so it's not great customer support because it's very difficult as a small business to be able to get tracked services on small light items because, you know, it's expensive to do. Whereas Amazon has such a great rate with postal service, it's totally doable. So you can fulfill your item sales from your Amazon stock to those people for a slightly higher fee, which is a good way to do it, which is a lot of what our heroes do. But we just sort of say, start with Amazon. And just know when you do move to other platforms, you're going to have to provide more things like customer support, et cetera. It's not the end of the world. It's just you got to be ready to do it. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your success success stories or some of the case studies from some of your students? I, I see you have some videos on the, the Marketplace Superheroes website. Sure. Like, I mean, look, there's, there's many of them. And, you know, one of the big things, I guess, for us is we're in a kind of a funny market, right? Because Amazon sellers are really, un- and, and investors now, as we reclassify ourselves, they're really uh, don't want to tell anybody what items are selling. They're terrified someone's going to find out. And so we've had a, we've had a tough time, actually, uh, with that. Because people, they don't want to tell you. <laughs> they don't want to talk about their items. They don't want to talk about anything like that. Purely down to the fact that there's a lot of fear in the market right now which we're, we're working with. We're, we're trying to, you know, show people, like, look, it's not the end of the world. And most people in truth, which I hate to be true, most people, they take an online program, they do nothing with it. So, you know, don't worry too much because, you know, uh, like, you know, 10, 20% of our audience, unfortunately, are the only people that actually get to sell on something because people, for whatever reason, don't take massive action, which is a problem. But anyway, uh, there's many stories there. Uh, one in particular I like, which is... I'm actually going to look at some of them just to come at it from a level of make sure I can remember everybody's story because we've got so many at this point. <clears throat> but we have Bill Bill's story, particularly amazing. This guy's in the U.S. And uh, he was a person who 
had failed in business massively before he came to see us and I believe was in his 30s and moved back in with his parents. And it's all on our website, by the way, if anybody wants to listen to this. But he was really damaged from his previous business experience and he was looking for a new way to get going. And so he invested in our program and, you know, he just went through everything, took his time, followed our advice and he started selling, you know, a fairly inexpensive item and then multiple items at that same kind of price point. And, you know, within a couple of months, he was in a situation where he was basically able to go full time with his business. Now, it wasn't making him like a, a hundred grand a month, but the guy was making personally a few grand a month and it allowed him to A, have the confidence to know this is something I can do. And then B, you know, it gave him the confidence to actually leave home again and get himself going again. And so that was a, like an inspiring story because, you know, at the end of the day, when you do an online program, you want people to take action and get the results. And Bill's is, Bill is great. And we have Deborah and Verity. They're two ladies from Australia. They get a ton of people messaging them all the time. And they actually respond generally uh, with their experience in our program. But they actually are from Perth. And when they came to us, I'd say it was 2015, they had never had an online business before. They had never even made a sale before. And they just had got their products into stock on Amazon. And they arrived at a, we did this customer appreciation event in Ireland, you know, in 2015. And they arrived on our doorstep and they were like, you know, we haven't even made a sale yet, but we're really excited. And here's where we're at. And the cool thing is that they made their first sale at that event. And since then, like they've gone on to do it full time. And, you know, they're, they've got a pretty, pretty good business. I believe they're looking to do 200 grand a year net profit is where they want to be. So they're near that rule of five end of, of things now. But accumulatively, uh, you know, after we tracked about 20, 25% of all our heroes, uh, we saw that of that small number at the time, uh, 20%, they produced in the last 14 months or so, I believe the number now is about $37 million. And they did over 1.5 million orders. We tracked it at a website called acceleratortools.com, which right now is active, but we don't actually sell the tool on there. But that's where we're tracking things from. So people can see that we're actually tracking this. So overall, lots of, lots of good success stories all on our website. People who've you know, been in situations where they've not been succeeding to succeeding. But I, I say, I just be totally honest, and I say we would have so many more here, but most people are so terrified, A, to share their story because they're afraid people are going to look them up and find their products. And B, there's another side of it too, which is just like, you know, it's a weird thing that people in our market, they just, they just don't want to share as much as, say, if I'm a successful, I have an online program and I help somebody else make an online program, they want to share their story because they want to get the word out on their online program. And it's just a weird market. But again, to be honest, that's what we've, we've learned over the, the few years we've been here. Very cool. Yes, and, and we'll put links in the show notes to the website and specifically to the case studies. Yeah, cool. And, and again, they're, they're very detailed. They're like 20, 25 minutes long where we go into a lot of different stuff with those people. So I, I really encourage people to check them out. Very cool. So what would you say um, if I was thinking about getting started in this, what would you say are some criteria that I would have to have checklist? You know, if you had a checklist and says Ken and Justin are the perfect match for uh, being a student of Marketplace Superheroes and a perfect match for getting into this line of business, 
What type of person is that? Yeah, I mean, I've actually, we've thought a lot about this lately uh, because we've actually been creating some more intensive ways for our students to work with us and get access to our team and all that. And I suppose, really, I would take it from two two points of view. I I guess really it depends what your goals are, your financial goals. Where do you want to be? How much do you want to do? Because like, if you're in a situation where you want to make an extra two grand a month, you know, that's really, that's really nothing when you, when you consider $2,000 a month net profit over 30 days, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's $66 profit a day, I think. Let me just do my maths on that. <laughs> Make sure I'm right. Yeah. It's 66 bucks a day profit. Therefore, in terms of sales, you're, you're going to be talking about, you know, uh, two, 200 bucks a day sales, right? To get 66 bucks, roughly speaking, at 30% net profit. Now, will you put two grand in your pocket every month if you're doing that kind of kind of level of trading or whatever? Uh, my answer is probably not, you know, because you're probably going to want to put more money into your business and grow it. But you could, and you could just keep it at that level forever and never grow it, and you would never grow it. So that's really the first thing I would start with somebody is what, your, what are your financial goals? And then we break them down into daily goals. So let's say you want to make 10,000 bucks a month. Well, immediately we would divide that by 30. We would say, let's say 300 bucks a day is where you want to be uh, profit-wise. And so roughly speaking, that's going to be about a grand a day in revenue. Okay. And so when we break that down, we would just go with, okay, well, let's just imagine our average sales price is 20 bucks just to keep things simple. That means we got to make 50 sales a day. Therefore, if we got five products, it means we got to make 10 sales a day of each product if we we're in one market. Well, I would just divide that by two because we'd say we're in two continents. We're in Europe and we're in the US. So that means each product, you got to make five sales a day. Funnily enough, we come, back, we come down to five sales a day. So the point is that you look at that first, you break down your goals and you say, okay, well, do I have, if I want to get, say, 10 grand, that, that, that 10 grand profit, well, do I have capital to invest to get myself there? And I would suggest that that was what your target is. I would start my business with like 10 grand invested just to get started. And that would grow it from there. If on the other hand, you want to make like say 2K a month, I would sort of be looking at going, well, do I have say, you know, you know, between three and 5K just to get started or whatever, and I can grow it slowly. Yeah, I can do that. Cool. So that's like the money side. Can I do it? Then I would be looking at more. So, you know, what do I want to do? And what are my skill sets? Do I enjoy researching products online? Do I enjoy not like necessarily working with people one-to-one? Because if you're more of a people person and your business really, you want to be more like an online expert, I would say this isn't a business for, for you. I would say you're better learning those skills and creating a different type of business. So it comes down to money, capital. Can I do it? It comes down to what? It's my mindset. Am I, do I want to be that kind of a business owner? Then it comes down to really your lifestyle considerations. So I would sort of say our sellers, investors, heroes, whatever you want to call them, they want to build a passive income-based business. And that's what this is. And so that means that every day I don't want to be in the business, working in the business, worrying about the business. I want to be just working on it more. So I want to be spending my time researching more products, you know, optimizing my, looking at my reports, See, you know, making sure I keep myself in stock, all that kind of stuff. And so when you put all that together, you sort of realize that you've got to be somebody who A, has got some capital or B, has got the availability of money 
Then you've got to be somebody who has an investor mindset, is happy to build something over the longer term, has more of a longer term vision rather than a short term. I must be making money today or I'm not happy. And really from then, you got to be decisive. You've got to be able to make decisions for yourself in the now. And really on from that, then my last thing would really be you got to be brave. And you got to be prepared to, 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 to take a calculated financial risk rather than someone who doesn't want to take any financial risk at all. I mean, and in the grand scheme of things, when you're a business owner, you understand that it's not really a risk when you calculate it out carefully and you realize like I'm making 100% profit on my investment. So if I really screwed this up, I could just get my money back. And I guess that gives you a snapshot of, of the kind of person you want to be. And all that being said, it's helpful having a blueprint to follow. Well, absolutely. That's, I guess. That you provide. <laughs> I would say that goes without saying, really. Uh, I would not sure. be, <laughs> I wouldn't go out and try and figure it out myself. Uh, pretty pretty difficult to do that, in my opinion. Well, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I know that uh, Justin and I, we didn't have a blueprint uh, 10 years ago when we started Neon Goldfish. Now we have one, or at least uh, lots of memories of uh, wins and fails, but uh, it would have been a lot easier if somebody said, here, uh, start with page one and go till the end, and everything you need to do is all laid out there. Just do it. It's funny you say that, though, right? Because I actually realized this phenomenon and I've checked myself on it, actually, funnily enough, in that what I find sometimes is you have all these things and people invest and they want to learn. And then sometimes, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is about us humans, but sometimes we go, yeah, yeah, I, I totally learn in everything you're saying there. And do you want to know something? I'm just going to actually do this part the way I think I should do it. And then I'll do this part kind of like what you did. Oh, I'll do this bit the way I heard somebody else do it. And you end up with this sort of a la carte uh, system, which isn't is is like so different from the original system and it's i think they call it something like gradual degradation or i don't know some there's some really fancy term but the point is is that i realized even lately you know in marketplace superheroes we're growing uh, that company and we're helping more and more people now and you know i realized we were, were putting together something lately and i i was going through this program learning how to do it and then i said oh well what, maybe i should just do it this way and I realized, you know, I'm being like that person now. I'm actually trying to just figure this out on my own again. And I don't know what it is. I think sometimes people have this thing of if I don't figure it out, then I didn't really achieve it. But I would just sort of tell anybody, whatever business you're doing, it doesn't even have to be this type of a business. When you find someone who's got the results you're looking for, do everything they say. And don't don't deviate. Even if you don't, in your own mind, if it doesn't make sense to you right now, there's a reason why they're doing it that way. And always remember that. Great advice. So all this going on right now, you've alluded to a couple things you have that's new. What has you really excited at the moment? What do you see coming in the near future or what do you have uh, that you're working on that, that uh, might be something new that uh, you can't wait to share with everyone else? Yeah. The, the biggest thing we're working on, we're working on so many things now to help people, but you know, Malut, I mentioned earlier on M U L O O T is something we're really working on big time with a couple of other guys in in the, in the in the payments industry, which I mentioned. So basically there, we're going to be helping non... It'll, it'll work for people who are resident of Europe too. But for people who are non-residents of Europe, it's a company we'll put together to really make growing there so simple, getting payments accounts so simple, uh, you know, getting an accountant who knows what the hell they're doing and just takes care of your books for you so simple. We're adding in software to that as well, but we're going to be able to help people manage their business, make sure they never run out of stock, all basically baked into this one company. So it's just a kind of a baby right now. We do we do help 
people at, as we speak get their accounts set up in Europe, etc. But it's got a huge vision for it. And I, we actually just met a bunch of investors in London a few days ago and we explained the vision to these guys. And they were like, geez, this will change the game really for people who want to expand globally, even like outside of Amazon. They have like their own website and they want to get their products into Europe to fulfill them faster for customers, etc. So that's one thing we're working on. Uh, we're working on a, a software tool called Stock Intel at the moment, uh, which again is is a really advanced tool, which is going to look at your past sales as an Amazon seller, look at your future sales, look at your lead time, i.e. how long it takes to get something from supplier into stock. And basically what we want to have that tool do is analyze your business and then say, hey, Ken, you need to order 243 of this item, 422 of those and 197 of those by the you know 10th of september or you're gonna run out of stock so that's kind of like okay. where we want that to be so our main things and obviously marketplace superhero is going to keep developing but we, we have a lot going on <laughs> fun very cool when do you expect to roll those out yeah good question uh i guess malut is kind of already beginning to be rolled out we're just redesigning the site and stuff like that right now so that's going to have a lot more education on there for everybody uh very very soon so that'll be there pretty much now. Uh, these other tools, I would say 2018, they'll probably be ready to go. We're hoping to have an MVP of some of those tools ready in the next like month or so from now, uh, which is exciting. Um, but then, you know, I've got other stuff going on in other businesses. I've got other partners as well that I personally work with. Because I guess, you know, with Marketplace Superheroes now, my role has changed to being the, you know, I guess, the CEO, co-CEO and my whole focus is on growing that company now and helping serve our, our members better and help them, you know, grow their businesses. So with, within that, I've sort of learned how to, how to grow and scale these other kinds of online businesses now. And so I really enjoy helping people who are, say, experts in certain industries and they don't know how to grow and scale their company. I've, I've been helping some of those people too. So, you know, that's another thing I, I hope to do in the future. I don't have anything on it right now, but I, I just enjoy that because, Whenever I was growing in this business, I used to hear people say things like, oh, I've made all this money now. And, you know, the thing that I love doing the most is just helping people. And I always used to think, oh, my God, this guy is so full of crap, uh, you know, when I heard that. <laughs> and then <laughs> you get there, you make money, you help people, you do well. And, like, I'm making more money now than I've ever made, and I'm very grateful for that fact. And we work a lot to do that, but at the end of the day, uh, genuinely, when I see somebody succeed now, our, our Marketplace Superheroes members, uh, people from other things I help, honestly, that is what lights me up because, as I'm sure you guys know, you get to a level of income where the money becomes quite irrelevant because you don't get any more, I suppose, utility or satisfaction from the increased money because you don't need any more. Like, okay, it's nice to get more. And as Jim Rohn always said, you know, I don't need the money, but I'll take the money. Uh, but at the same time, it, it really, for me, it, it honestly, I really enjoy seeing people succeed after having given them advice. So I'm sure I'll be doing more and more of that no matter what I do. Fantastic. That's awesome. Hey, uh, Stephen, what's the best way for listeners to get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, the best way right now would be to go to MarketplaceSuperheroes.com. I'm actually in the process of having StephenSummers.com ready which God knows when I'll be there, but hopefully I'll be there very, very soon. But go to MarketplaceSuperheroes.com now. Any questions about you know anything we talked about today or anything like that, uh, you know, send us a, a question if you have one, or you can just jump into a free Facebook group. It's called the Heroic Empire. 
just search that in Facebook. We'll, we'll put a link there, I'm sure, as well. Perfect. And that's a free group. You can jump in there on Facebook and you can ask us questions. And I, I generally post videos and stuff like that in there as well. So, you know, you can come in there and get some value. You don't have to buy anything today. We're not those kind of guys. We're, we're here to help people genuinely. And uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed today's call, guys. I, I think I got to go have a, a lie down after because you <laughs> definitely got me going into some serious detail. But I, uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Good stuff. Good deal. Hey, uh, Stephen, before we say goodbye, <laughs> if you had one piece of parting advice for our listening audience, what would that be? Yeah, great question. And God, one piece of advice is, is, is tricky. But I think for me, the thing I've learned the most is really so important to find somebody who is way ahead of you in business and do whatever it takes to work with them. Because that's what I did. I, I, I worked for free with Robert originally, and I, I found a way to learn and, and be in a business and grow it. And within that, then, I learned very specifically how to succeed in an industry. I think too many times people don't understand an industry at all, and they... They, you go on you know, Shark Tank with these ridiculous inventions that nobody will buy. And it's because they don't understand industries. So find somebody who's way ahead of you. Pick an industry that you want to be in. Find someone in that industry who's way ahead of you and do whatever it takes to learn from them. Buy their online programs. You know, uh, Become a mentoring student. Whatever. Because I'm telling you, you will get so much benefit from having someone guide you along the way. And I'm not saying this as a pitch for what we do at all. I really am not. Work with whoever. Just find somebody and learn and just go from there and take action. Take action. Beautiful. Me and Noise Nation, we hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Stephen. Be sure to go over and check his website out at www.marketplacesuperheroes.com. Stephen, thanks so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate your time. The show notes for today's episode will be available at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, this is Justin, Ken, and Steven signing off. Neon Noise Nation, we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, please subscribe, share with a friend, or write a review. We want to cover the topics you want to hear. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like Justin and Ken to cover, connect with us on Twitter at Neon Goldfish or through our website at neongoldfish.com.